Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of Critical Thinking. Yes, that means it is a WTF Wednesday. Andrew Coppins, Pat Oney alongside you. For the last time together for a while, uh, Pat is taking a well-deserved vacay, uh, going back to the great state of Ohio. Um, yeah, going back for a wedding. Yes. So Pat will be gone uh, the rest of this week, and we will be taking next week off. Um, so tomorrow, you will get me, myself, and I, and the same on Friday. Friday's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um I don't know if we'll play the uh, Richard of the Week and all that wonderful goodness per se. Um, We have a lot coming our way, uh, but um, it's also my least favorite holiday that um, we nationally celebrate, Pat, coming up on Monday. You mean Communist Day? Yes, Communist Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so uh, on Friday's edition of the show, we're going to... We're going to go through the history of Labor Day and the history of the labor movement and its communist roots and its communist future and its communist present. Um, and um, yeah, so we're going to do that on Friday. Uh, so a little bit different there. And then tomorrow uh, we'll go deep diving on a few topics. And of course, tomorrow night we'll also hear. Well, actually, Pat, you know what? Later on in this show, we're going to talk about why I won't be paying attention to the president's speech on Thursday night. Um because we're going to be talking about college football being back. Yeah, right. I'm, going be, I'm, going to, I'm going to be watching that. Instead. Yeah, I'm going to be watching a, a good Penn State-Purdue matchup on Fox. That's right. I think there's another Big Ten matchup on that, that night, too, actually. Uh, on Thursday? Yeah, Minnesota yeah. takes on New Mexico State. But we'll talk about yeah. those later. Speaking of which, later on in this program, we are going to give you our first pick of the season, that's right, Pat and I, on every single Wednesday or Thursday, depending on when games are going to go down in the Big Ten, uh, the day before, we will give you our predictions. Uh, we'll also include our winners of the East, West, and Conference Champion today on the show. But before we do all of that, um, Pat, why don't we do this? Since it is a WTF Wednesday, let's just rip the Band-Aid right off and head right into the WTF. <laughs> that sound i love that love it i know right are you ready for the uh, first headline oh am i ever oh boy i don't know that you're ready for this but all right fbi agent who allegedly killed hunter biden laptop probe resigns and reportedly escorted from hq Um, if you resign, why are you being escorted? That was my first question. See, it, it turns out if you actually dig into this story, he was forced 
to resign or be fired and thus, Pat, lose what? All his bennies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just out of curiosity. Why, why was he forced to resign? Um, let's see. Um, he put pressure on Facebook and other places to kill the Hunter Biden laptop story. Make uh-huh. it look as if it wasn't true and uh, was just dirty pool and dirty politics, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. A- and then um, it turns out that it was true. Uh, the FBI has had it since 2019. Um, and us, the American people, should have been able to decide whether that was good or bad. And oh, by the way, there's actual proof on this laptop of collusion between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Um, in terms of money coming from Ukraine and China, there's actual proof of collusion between the two of them because the, here's the deal with this, right? This is the, why Hunter Biden's laptop matters. It's not about the smoking crack with hookers and, um, weighing out crack cocaine on a scale. Although all of those things would be illegal, right? All those things are bad, but I don't think that's what people generally care about at this point. Right. What? What we should be caring about is the other stuff that was on this laptop. And also, <clears throat> Ashley Biden's um, uh, diary mm-hmm. um, with some very serious allegations. And why we didn't really cover that story is because we needed to uh, figure out if that was an authentic thing or not. Because there are some very damning allegations in that diary. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. When you put all of these things together, you get a family that should be nowhere near the freaking White House. Um, This is a family that's compromised on multiple levels. This is a family that um, you ask yourself this, Pat. We're in the midst of potentially just giving Iran everything it ever wanted, plus some trillion dollar deal, right? According to Joe Biden, he's negotiating basically surrender to Iran. Mm-hmm. What in what world does that make any sense? It is actively trying to kill Americans. It is actively attempting to uh, thwart democracy, however they put it in Iraq. They are, they are a state sponsor of actual terrorism all over the globe. And we're going to hand them weapons to do that. We're going to just hands off their nuclear program and then spend money with them. We're going to hand them even more money than we did the last time a Democrat was president in the United States of America. Did we learn nothing from that mistake? No, no. Do you know why? No, because this, this president was part of that administration, by the way. Yes, but I, I go further than that. Hmm. Why would you possibly do this? If not for somebody can have you bent over the barrel, literally and figuratively in this case, barrel of oil and the the metaphorical barrel. Because they know the things that are hidden with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and his family. They can expose all of it. This is why he should never have been close to the presidency to begin with. And that's why this original story matters. And that is why the FBI needs to be dismantled. Look, I have said this a long time. 
I come from a law enforcement family. I have current members of my family in law enforcement on multiple levels, by the way. But even when I speak to these individuals, they will say the same thing. They make our job, our job, gerb, our gerb, our job harder. They make it harder for people to trust those that are doing their job well, right? And the only way to get trust back into the FBI or some sort of a, a federalized investigative thing is to burn it to the ground and start again and do something different. I don't know what the answer is per se, but there are far too many bad apples and far too many good apples. Far too few of the good apples. Am I, am I missing something here? Because every time I see this, I see every single time you look at the Michigan uh, Gretchen Wor uh, Wimmer or whatever um, case, right? You look at, you go down the line here over the last two or three years and you really wonder to yourself, wait, what the hell? Then the FBI basically handing false information in the 2016 Russian collusion case. They literally lied to a federal magistrate judge to do what? Political hit jobs. They're not even they're not even on the level of being able to just kind of fudge around the outside of the law. They're literally just blatantly breaking it at this point. All for what? Political gain for one side of the aisle. It always falls one way, Pat. The, the stories that get buried always happen to be the negative stories or the negative investigations against the Democrats. And all the ones that do get <clears throat> investigated are always the other way. Point to me one time we have seen a Democrat get absolutely nailed in one of these investigations. Or that the FBI played fast and loose with the rules the other way. They never have. This is a corrupt organization. You, you cut the head of the snake off. And you figure out. This is the number one job the GOP is going to have to do when it gets control of Congress. Is start investigating the FBI. Start weeding out the bureaucracy. And start figuring out how to fix this. And I think the answer is to dismantle the current FBI as it exists and start with something new. Because it would behoove those that are good agents, those that are doing the work that is correct, right, and righteous. To be able to prove that. To be able to be the people who step into positions of leadership going forward. And to do something different. I, I, I don't understand why we can't have that conversation. I really don't. It, it just ticks me off for the, the good men and women that are in law enforcement to see this happen. Because it's leadership. It's not necessarily just rank and file. This is, this is rotten all the way up and down the body of the snake, if you will. 
Does this surprise me at all that this individual is being perp walked? Nope. But will anything happen to him? No. Nope. Nope. He's a private citizen now. So are they going to call him in front of Congress? Are they going to do anything? Are they going to charge him with a crime? No. They won't. Not under the, not under this Senate anyway. No way. This is a crime, by the way. What he did was a crime. I, I, I don't know how much clearer you need me to make this picture. Every institution in this country, every one of them, from law enforcement on a federal level to education to every single thing you can think of, culture, academia, law enforcement on the federal level, the church, every one of them is rotten to the core. You need to rely on yourself. You need to ask yourself difficult questions. And as I sit here in the middle of the bluest of blue of Chicago, right? My recommendation is get your houses in order, get them on the market, and get the hell out. Because you're going to need to watch it burn to the ground. You're going to we're going to need to either watch it burn to the ground or fight a really nasty civil war. One of those two things is going to happen. And my suggestion is to get the hell out when you can, however you can. It's not easy for everybody, right? I mean, can we sell our house and find the house in the place that we want? And is that, you know, can we do that? I don't know. We're exploring our options. And once we figure out what that right option is for us, we're going to do it. I can tell you that right now. But I can also tell you we're not long for sitting around in this hellhole. As much as we love the, the, the food scene and the, some of the cultural stuff and the things that you can do here, you can still get good food elsewhere. It might not be the same. But I would much rather not live through the burning of a city. Every institution that we have, Pat, every one of them, is rotten. And unless we do something to cure that rot, it is only going to get worse. And I don't see the GOP caring one iota to get rid of the rot. I think they want to use it to their political advantage for power, and they're going to do nothing with it. Same thing with Fauci. They'll do nothing. Fauci will get up and plead the fifth, plead the fifth, plead the fifth, and blah, blah, blah. Nothing will happen. They'll give their grand speeches and grandstand away, and then nothing will happen. We won't have a Nuremberg-esque trial. We won't have Burks held to account. We won't have any of these people who did all of these things. We won't have Cuomo. We won't have the CDC. We won't have anybody held to account for anything. Because they're feckless morons. I mean, Kevin McCarthy has uh, promised to hold hearings. But at the same time, so I, I ask. bleeping what? So what? If, if, if nothing results from those hearings, does it even matter? Exactly. <sighs> 
Angry Andy is about to come out, so let's move on. Okay. Next headline. <clears throat> I think you'll you you might laugh at this one. Southwest pilot threatens to turn this plane around if someone doesn't stop airdropping news to everyone on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what in the absolute hell is wrong with people? Number one. <laughs> but number two, I love it. I'm gonna I mean theoretically he could. He could just ground the plane. Yeah, he could. <clears throat> I mean the, the pilot has that discretion for a hundred percent. Yeah. So but really, I, I, dude, like Southwest has enough issues, right? Right. Speaking of this, oh, my God, I got to tell you this story. So um, when we went to Atlanta in, in July, right, Pat, mm-hmm. uh, we, we flew Southwest down there and back. We took a later flight and, you know, the number you get your number, right? That you're supposed to line up in. Right. Mm. So my wife and I are not right next to each other in that number scheme. Um, so she's in front of me a little bit and, and, uh, she's like, oh, excuse me, what number are you guys, you know, and, and everybody's doing the same thing. And it's, uh, it's, there's two people in front of her and three people, excuse me. And two of them should have been behind me. So she literally looks at him and goes, excuse me. Um, I'm supposed to be right behind her. And she pulls into her spot and you can hear the people going, are you kidding me? B's and C's. Um, it doesn't matter. Like blah blah blah. Now guess, guess what? My first response or first thought was in my mind, without knowing anything about the individuals that were complaining about my wife taking her rightful spot. Uh, in regards to your wife, or in regards to these Into, two women? In in regards to the people that my wife got in front of. What do you, what do you think was about like, to happen here? They they were about to go all Karen on her ass, like like I don't know. Um, they were both black, and uh-huh. um, my wife is white. I was just waiting uh, for the racist card being pulled. Uh-huh. I was like, Lexi, why, why, just why? Don't no no, just come no, back here with no, me. Let just, it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. Luckily, that didn't happen, but it came very close. And then they happened to sit right near us uh, on the plane and started bitching about it, too. Oh, that was real fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that made for a pleasant uh, flight down to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I, was, I was pleasant and bit my tongue. I, I, I share this story in the wake of me having to fly in the next 24 hours, by the way. Yes. So, yes, you do. Are you flying yeah. Southwest? No. Um, I used miles for this trip. Ah, so I actually get to fly Delta and American. Ooh, so you have a connecting flight. Uh, so I fly Delta out and then American back. Oh, so you're flying right from Salt Lake to Columbus? Um, no, I've got one stop in Detroit, and then coming back, I have another stop in Dallas. Ah, gotcha. I, so I figured Salt Lake is not one of the one of the uh, nonstop destinations. There, there is a nonstop destination to Columbus, mm-hmm. uh, like certain times of the week. I think for Delta, mm-hmm. I didn't get that flight. Now, be real, you're going to Columbus for the Ohio State game this weekend, right? I wish I was. I this is the second time I've gone back for a wedding mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, 
mm-hmm. um, that you know it's it's opening weekend for college football. Ohio State's playing in Columbus. Um, I mean, the last time I did this, they were playing Oregon State, which I'm like, okay, that's like a nothing. At the time, it was a nothing game. It turned out and, to be a decent game, actually, if I remember correctly. Oregon uh, State remember, hung with you for the first half. I remember it might have been an interesting first half, but I remember us winning by multiple scores. Oh yeah, of course you did. But uh, it, it, it this one, I mean, I expect it to be close. I think it could go either way. Um, I think it's interesting that you have a former player coming but, back as the coach to for Notre Dame. But but we'll we'll discuss that later. Yeah, yeah, we will. Uh, you got one more. Uh, um, I got WTF one more story, and, and you're gonna laugh at this one for sure. Because I did. <laughs> Keith Oberman thinks he lives rent free in Aaron Rodgers' head. What? <laughs> uh, ex- explain to me this. Oh, uh, okay. So you know how Aaron Rodgers went on to Joe Rogan recently, right? I listened to that whole episode already. Yep. Yeah. So he he uh, took Phenomenal, a jab by the way at uh, Keith Oberman. He says everybody once wanted to jump on me and and trash me did did and show their true colors, and a very few people in the media stuck by me. Uh, people said just get the jab. The Keith Obermans of the world just get the damn jab. Yep, that guy is literally the gift that keeps on giving. He's effing hilarious, unintentionally hilarious, like he's a character in a movie. I love it. I hope he keeps talking. Which. Great. I mean, th- that was that was a great dig at someone like Keith Oberman. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's to be honest, he was one of those people who went all Corona bro and Corona gal on mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. because he was a liar and danger to society. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember that shtick? Yep. So, so Oberman, of course, caught wind of of all of this, right? Mm hmm. And he was poking fun at listening to the podcast on Earth, and he came uh, to the conclusion that Rogers made a fun of of Oberman lives rent free in the quarterback's head. I went and looked looked since February. I have sent one tweet mentioning Aaron Rodgers since uh, February. Go back yeah. to when COVID was going on and all of this was happening. You right? Oh my God, he's such a disingenuous jackass. Right. Oh. Oh, oh, it gets it gets better. He's like, and I've mentioned Aaron Rodgers once on this podcast, and I am living in his head rent free, as the kids say. Here's the thing: what Aaron Rodgers said was funny and also true. Um, I think it's the other way around. I think Aaron Rodgers is living rent free in Keith Oberman's head, especially if you get this reaction from Keith Oberman. Yeah, not only that, but Keith Oberman, you're like 65 years old. Sit down and shut up. Dude, you were seriously, you were on Sports Center when I was a preteen and I'm 40. Okay? You were part of Sports Center when I was like nine years old. You're like in your 60s, dude. Sit down, shut up. And probably one of the most out of touch people in media that I've ever oh, seen. Oh, he's bonkers nuts mm-hmm. bonkers nuts now he was also one of the best hosts of sports center in the 90s of all time he was great at it he was great at sports center 
Yes. But stick to it, man. Just stick to that. Stick to being funny at sports because you're not funny at politics. You're not smart at politics. You are not smart at anything other than sports. That's it, man. Just unbelievable. And I'm not even the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan, but I'm becoming a bigger Aaron Rodgers fan because I, I see him as he's growing up, becoming more aware of critical thinking. And less, I don't care about somebody else's opinion per se. He's Do I have to agree with everything that he thinks or does or participates in? No. But at least he is willing to critically think and see and uh, explore and understand things for himself. He He's an interesting character for sure. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I... This came from Outkick, by the way, and I, as soon as I saw this headline last night, I just started, I didn't even read the story, I started laughing. He's got to be the most obnoxious prick in media. Like, is he or is he not the less version of Alex Jones? That's actually what I said last night to my wife. Um, and by the way, if we ever call someone Alex Jones, that is not a compliment. Yeah. Speaking of which, though, by the way, he has denounced Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that that really matters. Nah, I mean, to that crowd, have at it. I wonder if Stu Peters will do the same tomorrow. <gasps> well, I mean, he is Alex Jones light, so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. All right. So with that out of the way, folks. Each and every week, uh, Pat and I are going to make our Big Ten college football predictions here on the show, and we're going to do that today. Normally, we would do this on the day of or the day before, um, but um, with Pat leaving tomorrow, we want to get this out today. So we're going to do that. But before we do that, Pat, we should probably play the B or not the B, right? Yes, we should. All right. And with that, Pat, hit me with the headline one time at least. Alrighty, drag shows and other great family-friendly activities. Drag shows and other great family-friendly activities. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. And while you're thinking about that, folks, if you haven't checked out Reviving Liberty yet, you need to, because everything that we've talked about in WTF today, aside from the Southwest story, maybe, but uh, there's a problem within our society, and we, uh, we, the people, are responsible to fix it. And how we do that is to bring the principles of liberty back to this country and back to our own individual lives. We bring it back to our lives, to our families, to our communities, to our state, to our nation. That is how we get liberty back in this country. So go to revivingliberty.com or wherever your favorite podcasts are played and make sure that you share it far and wide because the only way that this works is not just by listening to this podcast, but, but sharing it to anyone and everyone that you know and that is willing to listen um, and that is liberty-minded like yourself and like us. So go to revivingliberty.com. That is revivingliberty.com or wherever your favorite podcasts are played. 
Drag shows and 11 other great family-friendly activities. Is this the B or not the B? Are we playing T-ball here, Pat? Because this is going to be the Babylon B. Are you sure? Yes, absolutely sure. You would be correct, then. This is the Babylon B. All right. Uh, worried about your kids growing up to be Nazis? Plan some quality time with your family with reinforcement that will reinforce progressive ideas and kiss aside the oppressive hands of the patriarchy. Here are some great family friendly activities. One family friendly drag shows. Show your children. You care by taking pictures of them with half naked men. Two a man. Fair, that's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, two. Family-friendly game of stick the fork in the light socket. What happens next will shock you. <laughs> Three, family-friendly swim with sharks while covered in blood and chum. They're just marginalized. Four. Now, now Pat, Pat, before we get there, um, did, did your family ever do the, yeah, don't stick your finger in the light socket, but if you do, it's going to hurt like hell. And then, and then you repeatedly try to do that, and then, and then you do get shocked, and then you don't do that again. I don't know that my family ever had to. Mm. You know, we were all smart enough to not do that. Yeah, me but, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, family-friendly trip to Moss Eisley, a most family-friendly <laughs> hive of scum <laughs> villainy. Family-friendly tightrope over a pit cooked. Cocked over or cocked up alligators cooked encourages up alligators? exercise and balance. Um, coked up. Oh no, coked over up. coked up alligators. Oh boy, yeah. Family friendly journey to Mount Doom. Teach them about the marginalized orc community. Jeez. Seven family friendly meth cookoff. Unless you get your hands on some opioids. <laughs> Um, eight family friendly Jewish space laser teach your children how the Jews can control everything while you build your own scale model Jewish laser what the fuck <laughs> uh, family friendly Kabul airport evacuation <laughs> ten Family friendly mini golf with with bears. We suggest a new strategy. Let the bears win. Eleven. Family friendly meet the sniff with Joe Biden. What an honor. Oh, they Whoa. missed one. They missed uh, one. Family friendly trip to Disneyland. <laughs> well, they, they have they've got one more here because apparently they decided to do twelve and stuff. Because the whole full headline said eleven yeah. ideas. They uh-huh. give you twelve. Okay. Uh Family-friendly visit to Den of Wolves, who are dressed like sheep. Perfectly safe, fun for all. <laughs> well done, Babylon B. That that was that was one of That's the funnier one. ones I've read in a while. That's a good one. Yep. All right. So it is time for our Big Ten Pick'em this week. Um, we've already had two games with the Big Ten uh, last weekend. Northwestern upset. A little bit of an upset of Nebraska. I would argue maybe not. Um, maybe Nebraska fan needs to realize that they're just not that good. Um, but Illinois beats Wyoming 38-6 to as well in an opener. Um, looking 
a little bit better than they did last year. So this week, we've got uh, matchups on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in the Big Ten. So let's start with uh, the first of the matchups. Penn State going to Purdue, 7 p.m. Central Time on Fox. That's right. No Joe Biden speech on Fox. Uh, Penn State at Purdue at 7 p.m. on Fox. I am absolutely intrigued by this game because I think this is a setup for who might be the the potential spoiler in each division. Penn State at Purdue, a night game, Ross Aid Stadium. Your quick prediction and quick thought. Oh, see this this is a tough one. This really is a tough one. This game is juicy. I expect Purdue to be good again this year. I expect Penn State to be kind of what they usually are. I'm going to go with I'm, – I, I, however, I am going to stick with Penn State on this mm. one. I'm tempted to do that, but I think Purdue losing George Karloftis is going to be an interesting uh, situation. Um, their defense – it's whose defense can show up here. That's mm-hmm. what's going to matter. Um, I think Aiden O'Connell is a better quarterback than Sean Clifford. And this game at home, under the lights, I'm going to go with Purdue in this one. Um, I think they have the ability to score enough points. And and they're the they're that team that, you know, once or twice every year kind of goes, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Like they'll do this to Michigan. They'll play, they'll amp themselves up. I think they're they're ripe for this game here. Um I don't I don't trust Penn State's offense enough um to to have them get into a track meet and win. Um so I think Purdue pulls a very close upset. So we're we're opposite on this game. And then we also have the Minnesota New Mexico State game that goes off at 8 p.m. Central Time on Big 10 Network. New Mexico State having already played and lost to Nevada last weekend um in their uh season opener. Uh Minnesota is an intriguing team. They beat Wisconsin last year. Um you know, they they uh came very close to representing in the Big 10 West Division. I just don't see it. I I see them winning this game. I just don't see them being a contender this year. So uh, I'm going to go Minnesota winning this game, and they're probably going to win it, I would say, maybe 41 to 17, something like that. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's New Mexico State. I mean, I guess you could always have lightning strike. Sure, you know. Um, but uh, I... And they've been I, historically I, I, a program that you go, what? What? How does mm-hmm. they might struggle in the first half of this game, but then they'll 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 blow them out towards the end here. Yeah, yeah. I I, I definitely would go with uh, Minnesota on this one as well. All right. Then we move into Friday, September second. Um, we've got two very interesting matchups on Friday. Uh, we've got one Big Ten matchup and another non-conference matchup. That's an in-state matchup. We got Western Michigan going to number fifteen Michigan State on ESPN six p.m. Central Time. The Broncos are a very intriguing program. I think they can give uh, Michigan State a game. Now they don't have Sky Moore um, at Western Michigan anymore. The the star wide receiver who was a first round draft pick, or was he a second round? I don't remember. First or second he, round draft, he, he but he, he is a yeah. very, very good wide receiver. Um, I think Michigan State wins this game, and they might win this one like 38-6, something like that, um, because they, they do have to find a run game uh, with Kenneth Walker gone. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can do that, and that's what I'm going to watch in this matchup. 
I expect Mel Tucker to make really good adjustments with with this team having lost a couple good players. Yeah, I and I love Mel Tucker. I love Mel Tucker, uh, former Wisconsin uh, Badger, um, and I, and I knew him uh, a little bit um, from his time uh, coaching at Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, a really great individual, and I think he'll do really good for that program. Uh, but the other matchup: Illinois, Indiana at Indiana in Bloomington, seven p.m. on FS1. This is a matchup of who could be that spoiler, um, that that like third, fourth team in a division that might pop up. Um, Illinois, second year under Brett Bielema, former Wisconsin Badger head coach, uh, former Arkansas flop, and then going against Indiana. Um, I like Indiana in this game. Um, I think they've got more on offense, and, and Tom Allen, for me, has been a very underrated head coach. Plus this game mm-hmm. being on the road. Now, Illinois does have the advantage of having already played a game. So I can see this game being close, but I do see Indiana winning at home. I, I would agree. I think I honestly think Tom Allen's a better coach than Brett Belima. Honestly. And really? the Yeah, I, I do. At least it I think Brett Belima after Arkansas, I mean, he had a, he had a rough year last year. But granted, so did Tom Allen. Tom Allen had a rough year last year with injuries and stuff. Yeah, I mean, and, he had what four quarterbacks go down. <laughs> yeah, so he he had a rough year, um, and, and he had Indiana the year before as an up and coming team. I mean, they almost spoiled the Big Ten East. Yeah, they they almost won. I mean, they were yeah. they were a couple of couple of calls away basically from from making a shock appearance in the Big Ten title game. Well, I mean, they almost beat Ohio State that year. Yeah, I know. So. It was a couple of questionable calls from the officials um, mm-hmm. that kind of changed that game. All yeah. right, so let's move on. So basically, we agree on everything except for Penn State and Purdue, huh? So far. Uh, so far. All right, so to start the slate of games, on ABC, 11 a.m. Central Time, we've got number eight Michigan going or at home to Colorado State. Um, Colorado State is going under some changes. Um, Steve Adiazzo is gone. Um, they have a new head coach there. Um, Michigan wins this one. Um, I don't even think it's going to be close. Um, I think maybe Colorado State scores 10 to 13, somewhere in that range at best. Uh, but Michigan State probably in the 40s or 50s. And uh, yeah, Canada wins big, bigly. Hmm. See, I, I disagree. I'm going to go with Colorado State. Damn, Homer. All right. Then we got a, what I think is actually going to be a really intriguing FCS versus uh, FBS matchup at 11 a.m. on FS1. We've got South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State going to Iowa. One of the best FCS programs out there right now is South Dakota State. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. They're really good. They're loaded with some talent, and they produce NFL players almost every single year. Um. Iowa's got some questions on offense, um, especially at quarterback. Um, Spencer Petrus is going to be their starter. I don't trust him. No. Um, South Dakota State has played very well against Big Ten teams and especially well against teams from the Big Ten West. They've also played really well against Iowa State, um, a a commonly known foe. Um, They're not going to be intimidated by this at all. Um, I don't want to predict this upset. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see this game be very, very tight. Um, Iowa wins a very close game and there's a lot of questions as to whether or not Iowa's got an answer at quarterback. They don't, 
They don't. They'll win this game, I think, in a very close game, being mm-hmm. that it's at home. But they don't. I I fully expect Iowa to struggle this year. All right. So then we got to go to the Terps of Maryland, hosting Buffalo, the Bulls of Buffalo, um, going to Maryland, who I think have the second best quarterback in the Big Ten. Oh, the Terps? Yeah. Um, I think this is a team that if they can get something on defense, that really could surprise some people this year because they have enough on offense. They've got a plethora of talent along that offensive line. Um, This game is on BTN. Maryland wins this game pretty easily. Yeah, I agree. Terps win. And then we got Rutgers going to Boston College on the ACC Network at 11 a.m. Central Time. Um, this is going to be a fascinating game, um, I think, because both of these programs are kind of in similar situations where they need a breakthrough at some point in time here. Um, I'm going to go Rutgers on the road. I, I think Greg Schiano's got that team up and coming. So, yeah, I, I would agree. Rutgers, Rutgers on the road. I think it'll be a close game, but Rutgers will win. Yeah, I think it's going to be within one score. Yeah. And then we've got North Dakota going to Nebraska, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on BTN, that kickoff window. Nebraska's going to win this game, right? They've they they got to get that slump buster. Uh, this is a good pick-me-up game for Nebraska, so they should win this game. And if Scott Frost does not have a winning season, well, he's gone. and not like just a 6-6 six and six season, he's gone. He's got to be gone. Mm-hmm. Now, now, can you give him week one? Yes, absolutely you can because you're you're really doing a lot of different things, right? Casey Thompson at quarterback. You've got a Samari Ture that you have to replace at wide receiver. You have a lot that's missing and a lot of questions on the offensive line. Uh, the defensive line had questions. I think you'd answered some of them, but some of them you answered in a negative. And we'll see right. how they rebound here. Um, if they if they're in a close battle here, this this could get ugly. In uh, in Lincoln, real fast, and I, I would also argue that the the whole Northwestern game. I mean, playing in Ireland, mm-hmm. I mean that travel could have could have messed with. Yeah, you but a both bit. both teams, but it's a wash. Both teams had the same. You know, they they traveled on the same day. They did all the same things. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Then we've got the mighty Wisconsin Badgers, number eighteen ranked, hosting Illinois State, six p.m. Another. Um, Missouri Valley football conference matchup against the big 10 Illinois state is a tricky team. Um, they have some ties to Wisconsin um, in, in some of their coaching staff and things like that, but Wisconsin should win this game ground and pound them. Um, I would expect them to score in the forties or fifties. Um, and then we'll see what this defense is made of, especially at uh, inside linebackers. They replace both starting inside linebackers who are in the NFL made rosters Um It'll be interesting to see how much they open the offense up um, and let Graham Mertz go um, because apparently they really love the five deep that they've got at wide receiver right now um, coming out. So let's see how different it is with a new offensive coordinator in um, in Bobby Ingram, uh, one of your former Baltimore Raven greats, Bobby Ingram. How about that? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that matchup should be pretty simple. Uh, Wisconsin beats Illinois State. Uh, I, I agree. Wisconsin's going to handily win that game. 
And then we go to the biggest matchup on the college football slate this weekend. Number five, Notre Dame at number two, Ohio State, 630 p.m. on ABC. Um, I will definitely be flipping to that game as needed. Um, I, I, don't, I don't even think I'll be able to. I'm, I'm really pissed about it. So you're going to be at a wedding, right? Yeah. Okay. Does the reception hall not have televisions? Uh, considering it's at an equestrian center, no, I, I, I highly doubt it. Are you horsing around, Pat? Yes. Yes. I apparently, apparently I am. So no, I don't expect, I do not expect that I will be able to see the game at all. I might be able to check the score from time to time, but, uh, say just put it on your phone with no sound. Just put it up on the, like right next to the centerpiece and just play it. Nobody needs to know. Maybe maybe if they have like a TV there, I could airdrop it or something. There you go. Yeah. Just no nudes, Pat. No nudes. Right, right. No nudes. No nudes. <laughs> All right. So seriously, though, Marcus Freeman making his debut as the head coach at Notre Dame. I'm fascinated by this matchup for multiple reasons. I'm fascinated to see what Notre Dame's got at quarterback, right? Um, right. With uh, Jack Cohn being gone, and and we'll see what goes on there. Um Ohio State is absolutely freaking loaded on offense. The question marks with Ohio State are defensive, I, I believe, especially right. in the front seven. Um, but with Jim Knowles, with Jim Knowles there, I, I wonder. I wonder what the defense looks like now versus last year. Yeah, it's going to be very intriguing to watch it. Um, I think Ohio State wins this at home. My question is, do they win by double digits or or do they win by two scores or more is going to be my question. I think they do. I think they win by at least 17 points. I think this is somewhere in the, you know, maybe 38 to 17 range or something like that. Um, I could see them blowing this game wide open in the fourth quarter and Notre Dame not having an answer uh, because they don't have that continuity at quarterback. Alternatively, I could see Notre Dame's new quarterback, and I can't remember the name. Off the top I don't of my head here. I don't um, know. Let me either. look it up real quick. Um. Anyway, um, but yeah, it could be interesting. It, 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 I I expect this to be a very good game, um, and I I actually you actually stole my prediction, you jerk, um, because I actually have Ohio State by seventeen. Um, in this game as well. Um, I, I just think, you know, when you have CJ Stroud mm-hmm. and you've got Henderson, you've got Jackson Smith and Jigba um, with a couple other really good receivers that are up and coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't see, I just don't see Notre Dame having the defensive power to stop that. Um, I, I think there are very few teams out there that do. Um, and in fact, I actually fully expect if if this season goes the way the way I think it, I, I hope it will and think it will, we should see Ohio State back in the playoff and probably in the national championship game. And by the way, it's uh, Tyler uh, Buckner um, at quarterback, number twelve for them, who played last year I think ten times, he played ten games, excuse me, um, kind of in like a um, ying to the yang of uh, of uh, Jack Cohn. So bye. By the way, uh, w- would you would you say that this game also has national championship implications? 
Oh, 100%. Because the loser of this game, regardless of who it is, has to win another marquee matchup. They can't lose another game after this. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's losers out. The only way that Ohio State doesn't do that is let's say if they were to lose a game in the Big Ten and still win the Big Ten title. Right. And if it was against an undefeated Wisconsin team or an undefeated Iowa or something of that nature or an undefeated Purdue or whoever kind of goes through that gauntlet and maybe is undefeated, I could see that. But it also depends on what's going on in the SEC, too. If you've got a... True. You know, there's always that that possibility of of the SEC West and East having enough teams to... Kind of muddy that water, but yeah, I think this is this is uh, winner in, loser out, especially for Notre Dame. I I also think that there's a very good chance if if you see Ohio State win this game, there's a very good chance they will jump Alabama for number one next week. It's very possible. Yeah, I mean early like, game. Like I don't really care. So very possible. Yeah, because you take a look at the the rest of Notre Dame's schedule, right? They've got Marshall, Cal, North Carolina, BYU, Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse, Clemson, Navy, Boston College, and USC. We have no idea how good BYU could be. Um, USC might be a train wreck. Might be good. We don't know yet. Clemson, Clemson could be good. Could be good. We don't. Know. Yeah, but DJ Uyangale or however you you know DJU. We don't know. North Carolina could be good. We don't know again. I just that schedule is kind of weak, actually. So this is yeah, their opportunity. A Otherwise, I mean, they don't have a lot because you're, you're relying on late games, right? You're relying on Clemson and USC in the month of November to be good. We don't know that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens for uh, the Fighting Irish. All right. With that having been said, um, I think we all agree on everything but one game. So Penn State Purdue is the deciding factor this week for our uh, Big Ten Pick'em. And with that, folks, um, Pat, have yourself a good trip to Ohio, safe travels, and uh, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And don't be airdropping nudes on an airplane. Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.